Hey, Titty Gang. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Tits and Talks podcast. My name is Gabby. And I'm Natalie. And we are so excited to have you here with us today as we help you navigate your health journey. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you learn something new. Oh, I thought you were going to start. Okay, I can start. Hello. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Today we are going to be taking a break from all of our educational series, and we're just going to have a lot of fun. We're going to shit and giggle everywhere. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So today we um, submitted a questionnaire on Instagram, and we just reviewed all the questions now, so it may be a little chaotic, but we're just going to go back and forth and have some shits and giggles. Mm -hmm. So... Natalie, do you want to start us off with your embarrassing or cringe story? Like personally or that you're involved in? I guess anything. Yeah, we can do anything. Oh, God. I feel like my brain blanked out all of my high school. It's just trauma at this point. You're like, I don't want to go back there. Guys, oh. she's she's starting to tear up now. I don't I think this sounds like a... Um, I... I don't know. I can start off with mine. Yes. Okay. So this is involving Natalie and I, and this is Hi like, there. this is one of my favorite stories and one of my favorite memories from high school. Maybe not Natalie's because I kind of put her under the bus, but it was a good time. Okay. So in high school, I, I was, I've always been into singing and me and Natalie went to an open mic night and she was like, you have a great voice. Like we should sign you up. And at the time I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have fun. Like, let's do it. Sign me up. So Natalie goes and signed me up. And I think I was probably singing like, probably like a Beyonce or like Adele or like Rihanna song. But real quick, her voice does sound very pretty with that type of music. Like it fits very well. Okay. continue. (laughs) Okay. Continue. Um, yeah. So that happened and people are going, they're going up there sounding really good. I'm like, yeah. And then the person comes up and is like, Gabrielle Sanchez, um, you can come to the stage. And I just panic. I'm like, she shit herself. Just kidding. I I literally shit myself and I could not physically go on stage. (laughs) No, I literally panic. So I'm like, I can't do this, Natalie. I'm not going to do this. And they keep calling Gabrielle. And I think probably some people in there knew like, I was Gabrielle. They're like looking at me and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not going to do this. So, so Natalie being my best friend and the person that she is, she walks up on stage. <laughs> it's still my favorite to tell. She walks up on stage and she goes to the mic and she says, hi, um, I'm Gabby. <laughs> I'm dying. And she says, um, but she changes the song. So Natalie is like me and her are complete opposites, kind of like from our first episode. Like she's just like dark metal music and I'm like Adele and all this other stuff. So she changes it to a rock song and she stands up there and sings the song for me. Yeah. So everybody thought Gabby Sanchez fucked with Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It was yeah, Nirvana. It was Heart Shaped Box. It's a classic. <sighs> We're going to have to do that again. No. Actually, when I was in Vegas in March, I went to, like, a karaoke bar yeah. that was inside a barbershop. Like, you go in the barbershop, and it's, like, a real barbershop. a barbershop? Yeah, like, people, people are getting their haircuts. Yeah, and then you go into this door, and it's, like, this really cool club, and it's karaoke, but with a live band. Love so you that. best believe I did the exact same thing. I made my friend sign up, and then she was like, I'm really nervous. Can you come up with me? And I was all, fuck yes. Yeah. I'm drunk. I want to... You know, headbang to a band. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? This is my dream. Like, for those who don't know, I was in a screamo band in middle school. No, you weren't. I didn't know this. What the hell? Because it's a dark secret. Yeah, this I is was my the trauma. screamer, too. <laughs> it was with, like, my um, uh, neighborhood friend. I I won't say her name, but she was, like, super scene queen. Yeah. Um, and she was like, we should start a band. Like, you know, she's like, I can play guitar. Like, my brother can be drums. Like, you can be the screamer. And I was like, okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. And we, like, practiced, like, three times, and we realized that, like, I don't know how to scream (laughs) with words. (laughs) Like, it was bad. And so, you know, I I went up on stage with, like, this rock band, and we sang... um, You guys actually performed? Yeah. Wait, no. Sorry. Going back to Vegas. Oh, okay. So, like, like, hold on. So, when my friend asked me, I was like, like, fuck yeah, like, are you kidding me? I'm living out my middle school dream of being a rock singer. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so we went on stage and we sang um, Like a Girl by Gwen Stefani. I love that. Yeah. It was really fun. And then yeah. I also, I was having so much fun that I signed myself up to sing um, It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. <laughs> But they that. closed before I could do no. that, so no one got to hear me rap Shaggy. That's okay. We'll just have to do it again. Okay. We'll go to karaoke for okay. your bachelor party. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'll just do that. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll be like, what the... What the hell? I've always been a fan of karaoke. Like, I've... Yeah. I remember I was, like, eight or something on the Disney cruise, and I did yeah. Who Let the Dogs Out, and I didn't know that that I was a rap you. song. <laughs> like, I just thought it was that. I didn't realize there was so much rap, so I'm, like, a little eight-year-old. I think I had cornrows from the Bahamas, no, you didn't. and I was just up there, like... <laughs> Like, trying to sing who let the dogs out and everybody was just like why this poor child like she sucks like it was so bad and then it's I, like whenever like a kid comes up to you and they're like look what I can do and they do something like super stupid and you're like wow oh, you're an idiot yeah. <laughs> you're like wow that's so cool oh see that's you're nice I would tell the kid like, that's not cool <laughs> I just gotta encourage them young I'm like yeah keep doing what you're doing or get them ready for real life and just disappoint them early no <laughs> No, their hearts are so kidding, she says, but she's not. She's, like, smiling at me right now, and she's, like, kidding. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, so that's, I think we'll just kind of do that as both of our cringe stories because it does involve both of us. Actually, I have a funny story. I don't know if it's necessarily cringe, but it kind of goes off of, like, Gabby being very, like, musical in high school. I, for our senior year, you know, there was, like, all the pics of, like, you know, like, um, most likely to succeed, class clown, most likely to appear on Broadway. I don't know <laughs> how I won that. I didn't know no, it was because nominated. of me. No, it you... was me. I literally. <laughs> it was you the whole I time. Love that I you still don't know this. We were like at the assembly, and you weren't sitting next to me, but I was like sitting with a bunch of like like Nick and friends yeah. and all that stuff, and we were trying to vote. And I was like, I look at Nick, and I was like, Wouldn't it be funny if we nominate Gabby for most likely to appear on Broadway? Thinking, like, I, I feel bad now because, like, we actually took that away from someone who, like, did musical Could be theater. on Broadway. <laughs> so I'm sorry, whoever, like, actually wanted to win that. My bad. I didn't think she'd win. No She's offense. probably, like, campaigning for herself. She's all about me for Broadway. And then little does she know. I started a revolution. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I encouraged everybody to um, nominate you and vote for you. <laughs> I still like till this day. I just found this out now, guys. So, <laughs> so yeah, oh that um, I just thought that'd be funny. Oh, I wanted I wanted you to win something. <laughs> I wanted you to win something, you loser. <laughs> yeah, you weenie uh, junior. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. Okay. Next question. Okay, so this is a good one. Um, what percentage did competing take of your life or your mental energy? Sixty nine percent. 69. Just kidding. Exactly. 110%. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, what did it ask? How much it took of my life? Or my yeah, happiness? what percentage of com- <laughs> What percentage of competing did co- Hold on. What percentage did competing take of your life and mental energy? Oh yeah, no seriously, like 100%. Yeah. Um because Gabby and I, you know, if you listen to our first episode, we talk about how we started bodybuilding together. And we were doing it while we were full-time students, also working and stuff. And so my my routine, we had different coaches and stuff, mm-hmm. so our routine and training schedule was different. But, like, for my routine, I had to do, I think it worked up to, like, two hours of cardio a day and, like, an hour and a half, two-hour-long training session. And so to fit that in on top of classes and work and trying to have a personal life, like, I would wake up, I think, at, like, 3 a.m., do two hours of cardio before school, go to school, go to the gym, go to work if I work that day, and then, you know, prepping all the food and taking all the pictures and practicing posing, and then, like, <laughs> mental-wise, like, that literally, just a bunch of perspective, <laughs> I ran into a parking garage when I was on prep trying to leave because Stop. I was just so fucking tired, and yeah. my brain was, like... Because I used to live in an apartment building that had, like, a parking garage underground. And it's the same parking garage that I always drove out of. Like, I was very well aware of it. And it was, like, 3.30 a.m. And I'm, like, headed to the gym to go to cardio, fucking exhausted. And I just, like, scraped the side of my truck on some post. And, and I was just going. like, Yeah, seriously. I just kept going. And then, like, a few minutes later, I was like, did I hit my truck? And so I stopped and got out. I was like, oh, fuck. I hit my truck. And then there was, like, another time where it was, like, 10 p.m. at night. I still had one more meal of tilapia to have. And I was so exhausted. I was, like, trying to cut open my tilapia. 
and I'm like cutting and stuff and then I'm going to go take the tilapia on the pan and I realize it's red and I'm like why is the tilapia red yeah. and I look down and I slice my finger open and <gasps> I didn't know and I probably I was like oh, it was tilapia was defective <laughs> no it was me I bled on it <laughs> like I probably honestly should have gotten stitches for it or because uh, it was a deep cut yeah and it was bad but I was like it's 10 p.m I'm just gonna eat my tilapia and go to bed and deal with it later like oh my god it took so much of my mental capacity and you know like I was on prep I don't remember which show it was but I was on prep like during my birthday and like family's birthdays and stuff like that <laughs> I literally had my dad come over to like my family came over to my dorm at the time and they made me an egg omelet without cheese it was I just remember that I was like, yeah yeah and they put a candle in it and sang to me happy birthday because yeah. I wasn't able to have cake <laughs> yeah and so I hope that paints a picture but you know what it does yeah I definitely recommend like if you are going to go into bodybuilding like cool you know I definitely learned a lot for it and I'm very thankful for it but try and make sure you're in a place where it's your main priority like for me I had a bunch of main priorities and I was trying to make all of them work and by doing that I was super sleep deprived like you know I I wasn't dealing with it well I just it was like go 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 And so, you know, I think about, you know, I get asked every now and then, like, do you plan on competing again? And I think it would be fun to try competing again, being like in a different Knowing what you know now. Yeah. Will I ever? Probably not. It's just so expensive and I don't really care that much for it to look that way and Mm -hmm. do what needs to be done to get to that level of body fat. Like I'm very happy with my body right now. Um, and, you know, I worked really hard to, like, get my hormones regulated again after. Mm-hmm. So, to me, it's just not worth it. I don't really want to do it. But, and also, like, I feel like it might bring back my eating disorder. No, definitely. And I don't think, like, we say now, like, because we've done the work. We say now, oh, we can probably do it again. And, like, knowing what we know now. But the reason why we developed those unhealthy habits with like body dysmorphia and eating is because we were in such a restrictive state. And I think that would probably definitely bring back those bad habits. And for me, competing took everything. I, like Natalie said, I was going to school full time. I was working 40 hours a week and then plus I was prepping. So my schedule looked like I I had about like an hour and a half of cardio a day plus like my training. So I would wake up in the mornings. I would do like 45 minutes of cardio at like 3.30 in the morning. And then I would go to school. I would go to work. And then after work, I would go to the gym, get my training session in, get my cardio in, and then go home, study, and then do it all over again, which was like very, very exhausting. I remember like a couple times during school, I was like, I can drop out. I can do I can do this. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, like drop out of school or of a yeah. competition? Well, probably even <laughs> both. I'm like both. I'm like, I can do this. But I'm, I think we're both those people. Like once we start something, we put everything into it and like we want to finish it and get to that end goal. And I think that's we're so driven, which is something that's good, but then it's also like a double-edged sword because if we start something it like isn't serving us, like we need to learn how to let it go whenever it isn't serving us. But I think too, with competing, why I probably wouldn't do it again. I was talking about this actually with one of my posing clients the other day, like something that I really struggled with when I competed is it became my identity. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like when people thought of me, they were like, oh, Gabby, the bodybuilder. Oh, Gabby, you, oh, you're this healthy bodybuilder. The body lean build- machine. <laughs> the lean machine, this. And it really got in my head because I I felt like I had to fulfill that role or that, like, image because I feel like everybody would, like, look up to me and, like, they were like, oh, Gabby, like, you inspire me so much. Like, I want to compete one day and all this stuff, Where which is great, but I'm like, it's not, like, inside. I was like screaming yeah I was screaming because it's like I I wasn't like truly happy and like I had an unhealthy relationship with myself and with food and like Natalie said I don't think I think it would be interesting to do bodybuilding now knowing what we know and like I think it would be interesting prepping myself to see if I can do it in a balanced state but I I just don't think it's worth getting and that I'm not really like interested in getting back down to that body fat percentage and Mm -hmm. I think it's great when people are doing that like I'm supportive of it if you're like have balance but just like be aware and I think you should be in the right state of mind and educated enough before you go into bodybuilding and 
not go into it at such a young age because like Natalie said, for hormone wise, I lost my period for like two years or even longer than that. And that's something that I'm just getting back now and starting to regulate my hormones, which is like awesome because you don't really know until like I, it scares me because like maybe like one day I do want to have kids or like I do want to do stuff. And it's like, if I messed up my body, I would, I would get so stressed because I was like, what if I messed up my body so much that I'm not able to have these? Or like, what if I messed up my body so much that I I, like messed up my health for like the long term, you know? And it was like a scary thing to think about. But right now I feel like so at peace and like knowing that my body is regulating and knowing that I do have a healthy relationship with my body. Like I love my body. I love that I can eat and not feel bad about anything that I eat. There's still some times that I do look like in the mirror and I'm like, oh, like today I'm not having a good body day. Like, Mm -hmm. but I get over that. Everybody has those days that they don't feel like super secure about their body, which is fine. And it's all about finding that balance with yourself and just being aware. Yeah, no, I think that's really beautiful. And Um, you know, kind of circling back to, I think it was episode two about progressive overload, like that perceived level of effort. Like I'm right now, I'm happy with my level of effort to my fitness goals at like a three or four. I don't Mm -hmm. want to be at a nine or a 10 again, because it took, it took more than I got from it. If that makes sense. And like Gabby said, you know, I enjoy the balance that I have right now. I love that, you know, randomly I can go out and have a beer with friends and Mm -hmm. not be worried about, oh my God, I need to throw this up later or I need to go be on the fucking stair stepper for two Mm -hmm. hours to burn off the beer or whatever. Like I can, you know, have pizza or like choose to have pizza or stuff and be okay with it. Or, you know, I also just like, it's so fun being strong and being able to focus on training for just fundamental purposes, like just being able to move my body. Like training has become so much more fun. Mm Mm-hmm versus being like oh I have to do this this day I have to do this muscle group this day I have to be on the treadmill for x amount of time you know like it's just life is just so much more enjoyable and I just feel so much better with that balance yeah Yeah. and like being able because at the end of the day like you only have one life and time is like your currency you know like time is like so you don't get time back and if you're constantly prioritizing like oh I just want to be I just want to have this physique. I just want to like, and you're sacrificing that time with the people that you love. You're sacrificing different experiences in life. Like if you die tomorrow and you have abs, like what, what good does it do? You know, like you need to just prioritize those experiences, experiences in life and also like show up for the people that are there for you because at the end of the day, I feel like that's what matters most is like the people in your life and how you treat them and how the relationships and quality relationships that you have. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think that leads, there's like more questions before that, but I feel like that's, this question is a good segue into, um, what helped you both with a healthy relationship with food? Honestly, for me, just learning about food. Um, because when I was going through my eating disorder, I kept it very private. I didn't really tell anybody because to me, like, My mindset was, you know, people know they're going to think that, like, I cheated my way through my prep or that I wasn't strong enough or whatever. And so I just I just wanted to deal with it on my own. And um, so for me, that looked as learning about how my body utilizes food, learning about, you know, how why my body needs food, what the food goes towards and really just allowing giving myself permission to be okay eating certain types of food. And still to this day, you know, I still sometimes struggle with that. Like, for me, it's Oreos. I don't know why. Like, for me, it's the fucking for me, Oreos. It's those fucking Oreos, dude. Those like, ones, have you had them? They're so good. No, I want, like, so much stuffed. I want, like, layers of stuffed. Like the double, double stuffed. I, I think that they have, like, a triple stuffed down. Well, I actually get my Oreos from Sprouts. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's my effort. So, I feel like this is kind of a good example. Like, for me, because Oreos are a trigger food for me, like, I purposely make myself buy Oreos and eat them to be comfortable with only having like two and then moving on and not obsessing about like, oh, well, there's more. I need to have more. And so for me, but while, while working on that, you know, making small adjustments to help with that mindset is what's helping me. So like I switched to this brand from Sprouts, which is so freaking good. Like to me, they taste better than normal Oreos, mm-hmm. but the ingredients and how they're made are more 
nutritious focus than traditional Oreos. So for me, knowing that even if I'm having more than two of those Oreo brands, um, I think it's called like Glutino or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, what helps is focusing on even though, you know, I want to have this food and I need to practice being okay with this food, I'm still in control because I made the choice to have the version of them that provide me more nutritional value. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was really just understanding food and its components and how to essentially just make the best choices for me so that I feel the best. Not so that I look the best, but that I feel the best after, you know, so I'm not having insane bloating or like mentally in a crisis because of a certain food or like shitting myself because like the food messed up my bowel movements. Yeah. You know, like to me, I'm at that point where I use food to feel good. Yeah. Um, But not feel good in like an emotional aspect, you know, because food can make you feel better emotionally, but more just on a physical aspect. Like I look forward to eating, you know, my eggs, peppers, and turkey sausage breakfast and, you know, like gut health smoothie because yeah. I feel so much better after eating it. No. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think learning about how food works in your body really helped me. I think when I was – it's kind of different in my aspect because I feel like now I can, like, eat an Oreo and be okay, which is, like, not what I could do when I was in, like, the midst of my disordered eating. But when I was in the midst of my dis- disordered eating, like, I feel – I went through, like, binging, so, like, I would, like, literally go and buy, like, a dozen donuts and, like, eat as much as I can and be like, oh, my God, this is, like, the last time that I'm going to do this. This is going to be the last time, and then tomorrow I'm going to get back on track, and it was, like, a never-ending cycle, and I felt so, like, just out of control. Like, I hated doing that. I hated the feeling, but it's, like, I still would do it because it was, like, I was telling myself, this is the last time you're going to do this, and then you're going to work out, you're going to work it off, and it's going to be fine. Um, but I think like once I, it's kind of weird cause I kind of allowed myself. So I stopped like thinking of that. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to balance. Like if I want a donut, I'm going to have a donut. And then the next day, if I wanted another donut, I can have a donut. But then I started to like really cue into like more of like a holistic approach where, like you said, I want to make my body feel good through food. And I really started to learn how to listen to my body. So whenever I would eat a donut, I did not feel good. Like I don't even, I don't know the science behind it, but there's definitely like psychology behind it. I don't know what it is, but I mentally didn't feel good. I was trying to like tune into like, how does this make my like gut feel? Like how is my digestive system feeling after I eat a certain food? Um, and I completely turned off all my trackers. I didn't do my macros or anything like that. Cause I didn't want to associate any, of that like obsessive personality with my eating anymore. And I kind of just allowed myself if I wanted something, I would eat it. And then I like more so through time with time going on, I would tune in with how my body was feeling. So if I didn't really feel good, I would stop eating that food. And it wasn't a big deal because I wasn't really restricting myself. It was more so I allowed myself to eat that food. And then if I didn't feel good, I was like, oh, I don't really feel like eating this anymore and I feel good like Natalie said I feel good eating healthy I enjoy fueling my body and eating nutritious foods because I don't feel bloated I feel mentally good I don't feel like super exhausted and just mentally drained because I'm just having all kinds of processed foods Mm -hmm. and I think it's just allowing yourself to it's hard because I don't even know how to like give someone the specific tools. Cause I feel like everyone has a different journey with it because yeah. you, you really like understood the physiological aspect of food, which I feel like that helped me, but it wasn't really how I got over my disordered eating. It was more so like allowing myself to just like get the tracking apps away and then allowing myself to go through that time where I was like, if I wanted to donut, I would eat it. But then I like slowly started to realize like, I don't like this anymore. And I think it was like taking out that restrictive mindset that really allowed me to go back to, cause I've always been healthy. I went back to like, when I was young, I was always like, I like to work out. I like to um, eat healthy. I was never like into eating like a bunch of like processed, like sugar stuff when I was younger. And I think that's like more so when I got into competing, that's when my mindset switched. And once I really started to get that restrictive personality is whenever I developed that disordered eating. So I just needed to get that restriction out of my mind in order to allow myself to get back to that baseline childhood mindset where I didn't even think about food as like good or bad. Yeah, no, and I think that's super important because, you know, I feel like it's very hard to pinpoint when we start 
associating moral value with food Mm -hmm. because that's what good or bad is like it's moral value and food doesn't have moral value yeah it's either going to provide you with the most nutrients that it can or it's not Mm -hmm. and that's okay like yeah there's you know kind of like we've been saying there needs to be a nice balance like I'm a big believer in soul foods and then health foods like you know every now and then like you know not saying like you need a beer but like having a beer is yeah you know, if you enjoy fun. it yeah, and it's like a nice it, like social time if you like to do that with your friends and that's a good experience like you're never going to get that time back with that person so enjoy that beer enjoy that moment with your friend like be present and stop thinking about all that stuff because you are what you do on a consistent basis if you have a beer once every two weeks or even like once a week it's not going to make your life this unhealthy miserable dark gloomy cloud and you're not gonna die okay so yeah. unless you don't sleep no, I'm just kidding. yeah unless you don't sleep <laughs> watch our last episode <laughs> but um no like I, I think you explain it very well and stuff and kind of similar for me I had to get rid of all of my trackers as well mm-hmm. um because I got very like perfectionism mindset where yeah. if I wasn't hitting my macros spot on I was failing and then it was kind of like well what's the point like I already failed let's go get Taco Bell or you know whatever um yeah. and then same thing with like the tracking apps for fitness wise, you know, like while I was on prep, I utilized tracking apps so much, you know, for my coach because they want to know like how many calories I burned while I was doing cardio and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And so for me, it got to the point where I didn't even care how I felt during my workout. If I didn't hit my calorie goal, then mm-hmm. I didn't like I failed. Um, and those tracking apps are very inconsistent. Like, mm-hmm. you know. I'll see people posting, like, their little Apple watch screen, and it's like, I burned a 1,000 calories in this 40-minute workout. I'm like, the fuck you did. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, so I think tracking apps, they serve a very good purpose for certain things, and they are they can be a good metric for, like, collecting data and measuring and stuff. That's but exactly. at the same time, like, at the same time, if you're solely relying on how well your performance is based off those metrics, then... You know, it might be time to slowly stop utilizing them and focusing more on, like, how how does this workout feel? Like, there's definitely been times where I've gone to work out and my body just feels absolutely horrible. And I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm not going to work out today. But old me would be like, well, I didn't hit my 500 calorie mark, so I'll just go for a run instead or something. You know, yeah. like, and so bringing that awareness to how your body feels when you do certain things can be such, is honestly, like, the best metric to track in my opinion Mm -hmm. um because one it brings you more in tune with your body into understanding what your body needs but then also like you can get such a good workout in and receive so many good benefits from it even if you're only burning like 50 calories Mm -hmm. you know you're still moving your body you're still going to reap benefits and so yeah taking that numerical scale away and focusing on quality over quantity i feel like can be very helpful and so if you are someone who is struggling with not a great relationship with food or something there's lots of ways to go about it you know and you don't I know Gabby and I essentially healed our disordered eating and eating disorder by ourselves Mm -hmm. and it's not to say that you can't do it by yourself but I probably would have been recovered a lot sooner if I just had gotten help so you know whether that is going to like an eating disorder rehab hiring a coach, um, just talking with someone about it who you Mm -hmm. feel might get it. Um, You know, that is also a hard thing is, like, people who don't have disordered eating or problems with food, they don't always get it. And Mm -hmm. so expressing how you're feeling to someone who has gone through a similar thing could be maybe a little bit more beneficial because there's definitely been times in the past where, like, when I was going through, like, my eating disorder and stuff and I would tell someone about it, they would just be like, well, why can't you just eat the food? Like, why? And I'm just like, ah, because it's my like, brain just can't fucking yeah. do it, dude. It's like, like an addiction, yeah. It's something that, like, you can't explain unless it's it's nice to have <laughs> have that person to just keep you accountable. But like Natalie said, like, go get help. Go get someone that specializes in, like, the psychology behind eating disorders that they can help you navigate through that journey in like a healthy way and like Natalie said we did it on our own but we probably would have been better off just going to get the help that we needed and yeah all right next question that was a beautiful talk okay what do you value in life oh my god um titties just kidding (laughs) titties and Titties and titties. Titties and talks and perhaps more titties and another titty, perhaps. <laughs> Nips. 
Um, I don't know. This is, I feel like this is a Get hard deep. question. This makes me think of, so when I was in high school or college, I don't remember, I applied for a job at Zoomies in the mall. And during my interview, they asked me, they're like, what have you done in your life so far that has contributed to the well-being of the earth? And I was all, what no, the fuck, damn, that's brand? deep. So you're just going to ask me, like, what brand I like and what? Yeah, I picked up a, a trash when I, before I came in here, and I threw it in the trash can. Dude, I don't know. This is hard. I mean, I feel like I value so, value in life? Yeah, like, just, what do you value in life? What, what are things that you value? It can be, like, what do you value in people? Like, what are your, like, top values that kind of define your morals in life? Oh, God. Um, you want me to go first? Yes, please. <laughs> I need to think on this one. <laughs> uh, I love deep talks. I'm like, get deep with me. Um, you want me to get deep in you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, um... I think my biggest thing is like I value quality relationships and I value like people that are just like genuine. Like I'm a very deep person. I feel like I feel like I'm very like spiritual, spiritual that I feel like I value people that are just like genuine people and I can like feel their presence, if that makes sense. You know, like I feel like with you, like we can go like months without talking and like whenever we do talk, it's like we, it's like we never stop talking, you know, or like with like Ryan, like I feel like I can talk to him about like anything. And it's like having these different relationships in my life is like what truly brings me like happiness. And I really like value that. Um, another thing is just like experiences. I love like learning through different experiences. I've gone through like a lot of like trauma in my life that I feel who is that pain has like made me who I am. And I feel like I'm just like, I'm just a very like spiritual person where I feel like all that stuff is like, even though I wish I hadn't gone through some of the stuff that I have, I know that it's like made me the person that I am. And I like value all the lessons that I've learned in life and who I've become because of those. And I'm like grateful for every experience that I've had that has like made me the person that I am. And like, the friend that I am and like the daughter that I am and like the girlfriend that I am. I just, I value like, I value like deep stuff and I, I don't know how to explain. <laughs> that was deep. That was, yeah, that was beautiful. Uh, I don't know. I was listening to you and I didn't think about what I'm supposed to be answering. Um, it doesn't yeah. have to be like super deep like that. Like just what's our, what are things that are important to you in life? Harley. Yeah. My God. <laughs> She's right here next to me. Um, oh my God. Why is this so hard? Emotions are hard for me. Like yeah. being, talking about feelings and stuff is, is hard. Ask, That's okay. ask Gabby or Garrett. Yeah. They'll tell you. Um, I don't know. I guess I value, this is going to sound funny and I don't want you guys to take it in a dirty way. Um, but now that I say that, you're probably just going to think of it in a dirty way. <laughs> I value self-exploration. But like, I love that. But not, I mean in the aspect of, it's really fun and frustrating and scary and sad and exciting to like really dive into who you are as a person and yeah. get really comfortable with all the ugly and the good of yourself. And so I really enjoy learning about myself and working through my emotions internally to kind of come to conclusions about things and stuff. I'm not a very vocal person when it comes to how I feel and my <laughs> emotions and stuff. And for me, I really just, you know, when I was younger, I was a completely different person with how I viewed myself, how I responded and reacted to things. And I feel like through just time and experiences and, you know, kind of like what Gabby said, things in life that I wish didn't happen, but did like shape me into being more at peace with who I am as a person, the good and bad, and, you know, working towards improving the bad and improving the good as well. And just really coming from a place of compassion and curiosity with myself of like, why, why, why did whatever make me feel this type of way? Mm -hmm. Like, what about me and what's going on with me? That's, that's my reaction to this. Yeah. You know? So I really value self-exploration. Um, I think that's beautiful though. I really <laughs> like that. Because I feel like that's what I love about our relationship is, like, both of us are, like, super driven and 
like motivated to do stuff and like very goal oriented that like I feel even like doing this podcast, like it's scary putting yourself out there. It's scary putting yourself out there to the world because you don't know what are people going to say about me? What are people going to do this? What are people going to think about me? But I just love this because it's just something that we're doing that's fun. And it's like allows me whenever I do listen back to our podcast, it allows me to sound or hear how I sound, if that makes sense. Because like I feel like one of my goals is to become a better public speaker and like how just articulate myself in a better way and I feel like this podcast is allowing me to get better at that so I love that just self-exploration and you just you just got to learn from everything in life yeah I also thinking about it I also really value creativity love that like I love the arts I think Mm -hmm. it's so cool how people can express themselves through different forms yes and that's really cool like I actually wanted to be an artist when I was younger and then realize that I hate everything that I make. <laughs> so what the heck? You're so good at art. You draw and so you paint like... and you're so good. We went to this like painting thing and I was like painting. We were both painting something cactus. She was painting a cactus um, mug and I was painting like just like a cactus mural. And like mine was like drawn out for me and it still came out like shit. And then she's like doing it from scratch. And she's like, oh, this is just my my desert little aesthetic. And I'm like, it's just, oh, it just took me five minutes. <laughs> you're so good well thank you I appreciate that but I don't know I like every time that I would make like I would do paintings or drawings or stuff or whatever I'd look at it and I would just tear it apart and I'd be like this looks like shit this could have been better no and so that's why I got into spray painting because it kind of like allowed me to have more flexibility with the Mm -hmm. art form because you can't control it as well and that definitely helped Mm -hmm. um and so for me like art is a very um, expressive good, yeah, thing. Expressive I think that's good for, for you because I think that, like how you said, you it's hard for you to articulate yourself verbally. But I think like finding different realms of like art and stuff like that, like that's a way that you personally express yourself. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And also just like in music aspect too, mm-hmm. like I really, I'm a big music fan, um, and I think it's really cool to hear different genres, different expressions. Like sometimes my favorite music to listen to is music in a language that I don't understand because you can still feel the, their emotions. And I think it's just so cool how we have this connecting factor for all of us, mm-hmm. you know, through art, whether that's painting, poems, you know, building things, mm-hmm. music or stuff. Like we, we can all feel connected through it. And mm-hmm. I really, really like that. I think okay. creativity is pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. I love being creative and using like your creative brain to create art and like express your emotions through that Mm -hmm. and you can do it in so many different so many different ways I love that okay next question thank you very deep thank you for move on whoever said that um let's see I think we got them all I mean the next one is do you track your macros and if so how we kind of touched on that I personally don't track my macros now because I am all about food freedom and balance in life and I don't want to track my macros but if that's something that you do want to get into like my fitness pal is something that is you don't like that one no my fitness pal sucks but oh what's a good one for you I like fat secret um what is it fat secret fat secret fat secret my plate chronometer NutriCheck. The reason why I don't like my fitness pal is because whoever created it or coded it, well, I shouldn't talk shit about them. I don't know them, but <laughs> I was going to say they fucking suck. But what bugs me about my fitness pal is because a lot of people, especially a lot of the women I work with have the mindset that you need to earn your food through exercise. And that's completely bullshit. Like how much energy you utilize just to stay alive trumps how much energy you use for exercise. And so, like, we, you literally need food. Like, you don't need to earn any of your food. And if anybody tells you that, they also suck. Um, but, like, with my fitness pal, there's this feature on it where if you input your activity or you, like, you have your Apple Watch linked to it and stuff, it adds in more calories for you because – and it literally says – you earned an extra, like, 500 calories today mm-hmm. from your workout. And I'm just like, you fucking cocksucker. Like, stop telling people they need to earn food. Like, you're an app. And, like, people are going to, because, like, it's an app, people are going to be more predisposed to believing what it says. Mm-hmm. And then I literally have clients that are like, um, like, when we're going over the nutrition goals and stuff or, like, their averages for the week, you know, I see a lot of fluctuations. I'm like, hey, like, what's going on with the calorie goal? And they're like, oh, well, my fitness pal gave me extra calories on these days. And I'm just like... <laughs> like god damn it so I don't like my fitness pal for that aspect yeah. 
Like the psychology aspect of it. Yeah, that's okay. the only thing that I've used. So I was like, and also they took the barcode away. Like you have yeah, to pay you have money to, pay to do that. Whereas like with Fat Secret and My Plate, you don't have to pay money to use a barcode. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I also don't track my macros yeah. either for a few reasons. I mean, one, I don't need to. Mm-hmm. Like that's the main one is I've I've worked very hard over these past few years to understand my body and mm-hmm. like listen to it and understand. How much protein you need, yeah. Yeah, and all that stuff. And so for the past four or five years, I've been intuitively eating, and I'm probably, I'm definitely the healthiest and also kind of the leanest that I've been without ever tracking. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just because my body's in homeostasis. It's happy. It's balanced. Um, And so that's the main reason why I don't track is because I don't need to. I, I can tell, like, I'm at the point where I can tell when I need more protein or when I need more carbohydrates or when my fat intake has been low or I need more vegetables. Like, I've worked very hard mentally emotionally and physically to get to that point and so I don't personally need to track for that every now and then if I'll kind of just track for a few days just to see if I'm eating enough Mm because that's something that I struggle with is I tend to under eat a lot yeah and so every now and then if I feel like my energy levels are consistently lower stuff and everything else in my life is going okay I'll look at my nutrition and be like am I eating enough and just kind of check in with myself um I also don't track macros just because I have an obsessive personality and a very mm-hmm. controlling personality. And so I know that if I start tracking again, it's going to bring back just bad. Those qualities. Yeah, like not not very good eating habits and stuff. And so yeah. I don't. And then also because I really focus on coaching people how to intuitively eat. And so I feel like it'd be kind of weird if I'm over here like tracking macros yeah. <laughs> when I'm trying to help them. Um but I do think macros do play a really important part in learning how to intuitively eat because mm-hmm. a lot of times, like, we live in a world where it's so easy to downregulate our hunger hormones that we're either undereating or overeating. And so tracking macros for a while and kind of getting into that, like, homeostasis of maintenance calories of where your body likes to be is important to then kind of transition into intuitive eating. And then also with macros, it gives you the opportunity to really learn about, like, the composition of food and how to build meals that are balanced you know with protein carbs fats and veggies and all that stuff and so I think macros do have an important part and if you're wanting to learn about your own macros you can there's two ways that I would recommend doing it or three ways um first way is you know you can use the St. Mifflin Giorgio's equation to like figure out what your basal metabolic rate and your total daily energy expenditure is and then kind of base it off of that However, though, with that, with that calculation, like, it doesn't take into consideration, like, dieting history, metabolic health, hormone health, like, sleep schedule, stress management. So it just, it gives you a kind of a nice framework to base off of, but it's not super accurate for that. Um, the other thing you can do is track your food intake for, like, three to five days, see what you're averaging, and then kind of go based off of that. So, like, let's say you're averaging, like, 2,000 calories and, like, 100 and 10 grams of protein, 200 grams of carbs, 50 grams of fat. I don't think that adds up to yeah. 2,000, but I'm not a math okay. wizard, so don't. Just for the sake of the example, let's just say that's like the, those are the macros and calories that you average. And then based off of what your goal is, you can either take some away by like maybe 10% of the overall calorie, um, take 10% away and see how your body responds to that. And if you're like super starving all the time, your energy levels are low, you're not recovering well, your sleep is shit, stress is shit, libido shit, like maybe everything's shit. Everything shit. Maybe you did too big of a cut to start and add a little more food back. Um, or if your goal is to gain muscle and stuff, increase your protein, increase the calories and kind yeah. of just go based off of feedback of your body. Mm-hmm. And then the third way is you can hire a coach who knows how to do it for you. <laughs> Shout out, Natalie. She has her own business. <laughs> Self plug. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anything you want to add to that with macros? No. I think that's a good way. I think the primary way that I have people, like, set their baseline macros is, like you said, like, tracking your macros for a whole week and kind of seeing what your body is used to now and just, like, eating what you usually eat. Don't change anything. That way you can get a true, like, data point of how your body is reacting to the type of intake that you're having now and then going from there. So, like, and it's just a good, like, data point to have because I feel like it allows you to see, like, oh, crap, I'm really, like, under eating my protein or I really have low fats or things like that. So that can kind of allow you to assess where you need to increase or either decrease. Um, and it just gives you a good data point rather than doing like a 
cookie cutter formula mm-hmm. and where it doesn't take into account many different like physiological factors that everybody's body is different. So yeah. that sounds kind of hard. Yeah. Cause like you could do that calculation, your basal metabolic rate could come back at like 1400. Yeah. But really, you know, based on dieting history, um, metabolic health, metabolic flexibility, like a lot of factors that don't play into that formula, like your BMR may actually be at 1600 or 1200, you know, it's, yeah. you won't really know until you start playing around with how your body feels with food and yeah. listening to like your biofeedback, which is, you know, stress, sleep, energy, recovery, performance in the gym, libido, you know, cravings, mood, yeah, hunger levels, like and on and, and on. Like and seriously, on. there's a Literally lot of biofeedback everything. things, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I we have two more. So this next one is kind of tricky. It just says natural supplements with pure ingredients, which was kind of water. <laughs> Just well, I think that they're asking like, what kind of natural supplements do you take, and like ones that have like more pure ingredients. But um, I don't, I don't really take a lot of supplements. I right now I am training for a triathlon, so I will have like electrolytes. Um, I do have like a protein supplement that I'll take like every now and then if I feel like I haven't had a lot of protein in the day, and then I take creatine. So those are like the three main supplements that I personally take as far as like knowing a lot of supplements with pure ingredients I'm not like the best resource and making sure like I said they're regulated by like I think some of the big regulation companies are like NSF or USP those people are going to like regulate more of those like herbal supplements so yeah because supplements for some reason in the United States they're not FDA regulated so Mm -hmm. even if the ingredient label says it's got x y and z it could not be that like they could yeah. be using fillers to make it cheaper and stuff so making sure it is third party tested and regulated and there will be like a stamps of a third party tested on the bottles and stuff and it will be advertised so definitely going for supplements like that or ordering supplements from canada because for some reason canada does make their supplements mm. be fda regulated i know that so in regards to like natural supplements and stuff or like whole ingredient i mean your best bet is just to eat foods food. if that's what you care about like your best yeah. bet is just to eat food like supplement wise for me personally I the only two that I take right now and I don't even know if I don't like I take liquid probiotics the good belly kind yeah um because they're yummy yeah they're nice I mm-hmm. mix it into I I, ha- I make a gut health smoothie yeah usually every morning where it's like the probiotics a little bit of milk some flax seeds and then I have like this gut health powder from Sprouts I have that, the same one as you do I was like raiding your kitchen one day and looking oh, for yeah, snacks uh-huh. and I saw and I was like oh I have this yeah <laughs> that and then I put frozen berries and if I have spinach and stuff spinach in it and for me the reason why I do that is because if you listen to our two podcasts ago I'm currently well not anymore not currently dealing with parasites but I was dealing with parasites for a while so I was really just trying to help support my body and my gut and my gut microbiome and Mm -hmm. I noticed that I started feeling better and had like more regular digestion and stuff with this smoothie so I'm just keeping it up so that's the only two um supplements that I use I mean I feel like a lot of people jump to supplements first before like establishing habits that they consistently stick with with nutrition because it's a lot easier to just like dump in some stuff um and I I mean I definitely think there's a time and place for supplements especially like convenience factors like I work with a lot of nurses who don't always get a lunch you know so at that point I'd much rather prefer that they just have a protein shake than not have anything you know so there's definitely time and place for protein and stuff and like I did used to add protein into that gut smoothie that I make and then I found out I'm have a sensitivity allergen to um whey and casein Wait. protein <laughs> your body's so, all kinds of messed up so i don't do protein powder personally anymore and i hate vegan protein it all tastes like chalk yeah. to me so. yeah it's so gross so for me now it's been a little challenging because i would kind of sometimes rely on that protein smoothie of being like oh well if if i didn't get like if my meal prep was running low and i didn't have a, as much protein like it's not that big of a deal i have my protein mm-hmm. smoothie and now i don't have that and it's taking more planning and preparation to make sure i have enough protein throughout the day so yeah and that's all it is is their supplement so it's like to supplement what you are doing so if you are a nurse or you have a like crazy schedule and you're unable to sit down and have like an actual meal then protein shakes or something to supplement your nat your regular nutrition so it shouldn't be something that's you're drinking three shakes a day yeah and just having that because 
food has much more of a nutritional value than supplements and your body will absorb more of that nutrients from that and than supplements. Yeah, and if you're actually eating whole foods, you'll tend to usually eat consume less calories throughout the day versus just utilizing like shakes and stuff because mm-hmm. since they're liquid form we digest them a lot quicker they don't cause as much stomach distension so they don't give like signaling feedback to the brain that you're full and so um and it's very easy for those shakes to, like add up in calories and stuff um so just if you are someone who's utilizing shakes right now for your meals i would definitely recommend not you do it for like one meal. meal. Yeah. So like definitely incorporate some other nutrients and mm-hmm. real foods into your meal because your body will absorb that. Yeah. Last one. It Ooh. says, we kind of touched on this one already. It just says deep talks. Oh, so why do you have a deep talks? They just want us to get deep. <laughs> you don't want to feel like you're feeling onto our porn hub. No. Just, get deep. just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. We do not have porn hub or only fans or feet finder. Um, yeah, feet finder. <laughs> Who's into feet? No, I'm just kidding. Right, That's Mike. why we're no, wearing just, socks yeah. right now, so you guys have to pay to see them. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like what? Yeah, I don't really know. I feel like we have to like actually think of a topic and get deep on a. So a whoever asked that question, do a follow up question of like, what specifically do you want? Yeah, deep talk on. What specifically do you want deep talk? I don't know. I also feel like my headspace right now is not good to do anything. Yeah. Because mm. <laughs> then it's okay. just going to turn into like me crying, crying on camera. <laughs> we can save it for another time and we can have our own deep talk and therapy session as, as best friends. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Let us know if there's any other. I feel like this was a fun podcast. Yeah, I feel like we're... this is a nice conversational podcast. I yeah, liked it. Please let us know like what type of content or topics you want to hear because you know obviously we created this podcast to talk about health and wellness and kind of a more like relaxed just fun setting but if you know I mean we still were able to talk about that today without it being like yeah. a structured topic so mm-hmm. let us know what you enjoy more what you get more value out of yeah and we'd be happy to cater to yeah I mean let us know once we finish the series you know if you enjoy more things like this or just kind of like random talks or deep yeah. talks I guess it's um, all a learning process so we want to know what you guys want to hear and we value your guys's opinion so let us know yeah but, um thanks for listening and uh we'll see you next time toodaloo bye